evening, this morning. Feels like evening. All right. I'll try to let you... I, I'm, I might be a little bit loud, I think, because I think I'm getting a little bit of a ring. So just so you know. Um, I'll try to get you out before the... Uh, before kickoff, all right, today. So today is Super Bowl Sunday. Just just quick poll. How many cheering for the Rams? Okay. How many cheering for the Bengals? Well, oh, wow, got an amen out of that. Okay. And, uh, and how many really don't care? You just watch the game for the commercials? And uh, Okay. And how many of you had no idea the Super Bowl was tonight until I said it? Let's see. That's amazing. Okay. The biggest sporting event of the year, ladies and gentlemen. All right, well, we, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, and that had nothing to do with my sermon whatsoever. Uh, turn to Psalm 13. Psalm chapter 13, we're going to look at verses 1 through 6. That's the entire psalm. It's a real, real short psalm of David. And uh, we're going to look at verses 1 through 6. And the title, as you can see, the title of our message today is, How Long? How Long? For those of you who have been attending our church for a while, or you've joined us in our services for any amount of time, whether it be in person or online, you will know that a constant theme of our ministry lately, especially as of late, has been feelings are not fact. Feelings are not fact. And... I don't know about you, but sometimes, sometimes when life gets challenging and life gets difficult, uh, sometimes there could be some feelings that come with that that can really occupy a lot of space in our minds. How many of you know what I'm talking about today, right? And, and, and David here, I believe, was at a moment just like that. Uh, David, who has been described in the scriptures as a man after God's own heart. David, the giant killer. Uh, David, the worshiper. David, the, the king. And the one whom, um, through his ancestral line, would come Jesus. This David. In this scripture, we find David at a pretty low point in his life. And that's one thing I love about the Psalms, is they're just gut-level honest. Because, and, and how many of you know, sometimes we get into this thing where, you know, we just want everything to be happy, happy, joy, joy, Jesus, Jesus, amen. All right? And then we, we, we discover that that's not the case at all. And David here, goes there, and he deals with some pretty strong feelings that I'm guessing, before we're done, maybe a lot of us can relate to. And I want to talk about how we can combat those things and deal with those. Uh, So, without any further ado, if you're able to, why don't you stand with me in honor of God's Word as we read this psalm together. If you don't have your scriptures with you, you could follow along on the screen and we should have everything there for you. Here we go. David says this, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? 
How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. Now, is this a pick-me-up scripture or what? Okay. But th- these, are, these are real feelings. But look how he concludes the psalm. But I will trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. So Lord, I ask you that you would not only help us to identify with some strong feelings that David the king had, but Lord, show us that we could separate feelings from fact, feelings from faith. And God, show us today that there truly is an answer. And God, will thank you for all you do. Let your Holy Spirit now touch us as we dig into your word here today. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. And we all said amen. 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 You may be seated. So let's talk about those moments when life kind of happens. When things take place and it seems to affect us emotionally, mentally, maybe even spiritually. And maybe so much that it even gets to the point where it affects us physically. Uh, I, I... read what David experienced here, and I read what David said, and my fear is that there are a number of followers of Jesus who choose to walk and live in this condition and feel that they permanently make this their identity. Let me say, this is important. Okay, My fear is that there are those people who are stuck in verses 1 through 4. And you think that that is your identity. That that is God's call for you. That that is God's best for you. And I'm here to tell you today that those feelings are not fact. David has some strong feelings And I'm not here to negate your feelings or minimize how you're feeling. But today I want to separate feeling from fact. In fact, those are my two main points today. I want to take a look at some of the feelings that we feel and talk about the facts to counteract that. So let's jump into this. We're going to go back into verses 1 through 4. And let's take a look at the feelings that David was experiencing, what David felt. Now, if you're kind of an emotional person and and there's nothing wrong with that, you have to be very careful to associate your feelings with the truth 
of who God says you are and who God truly is. Because there are times that my feelings will not agree with what the Word of God says. I feel like, for example, I feel like God has deserted me. Okay, what's God's Word say? Well, I feel like He's not even listening to me when I pray. What does God's Word say? You see, your feelings might be something, but truth has to come in and deal with the feelings. And so I would like to identify from what David said some of these feelings that we might find ourselves kind of caught up in from time to time in our lives. First of all, how about those times that we feel helpless? Those times that we feel a little bit helpless. Like we can't do anything to better our situation. That's fun. Especially if you like to control things. I, I'm, a, I'm a fixer. Okay, if I, if I hear that somebody is hurting, or, or if, especially somebody that I love deeply, like my family, uh, I immediately I try to swoop in like super dad, or super hubby, or super pastor, or just super whatever, and, and think that I'm the one that can fix it. And plain and simple, sometimes I can't. And that helpless feeling is it's not fun. Look again what he said in, in, in just a portion of verse 1. He goes, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Could we remind ourselves who is writing this? Okay, not just some regular schmo. This is David, the man after God's own heart. And he has been brought to the point in his feelings that he feels like he has been forgotten by his God. You'll say, well, how can he do that? He's had all these great experiences. I will tell you, friend, that sometimes your experiences with God are not enough. Sometimes we rely on killing the giant, but then all of a sudden, here comes King Saul trying to kill us with his javelin. Sometimes there's somebody close to us who's trying to take over and try to ruin us. And, and, and then we kind of develop the spiritual amnesia. And we think, well, God, you've obviously forgotten. He was brought to the point where he thought that God was actually ignoring him. David, the worshiper. David, the one who wrote most of these psalms under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And here's the deal. Some of us, we, we, we have some pretty strong guilt feelings about that. And for lack of anything else to tell you, you're in really good company. <laughs> because there were few as special as King David in God's eyes. And he felt this way. He developed these feelings and they were strong. You read it. You read the emotion. But those were feelings. He felt helpless. Secondly, how about the thoughts that are in our heads? 
Look at verse 2. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? I'll stop there. Do you know where the battlefield is? Right here, between our ears. Because the mind just takes off. The mind can just go. And, and I, I, I don't know, I don't know if your mind is like mine, I kind of hope not. Because <laughs> I, can, I can go everywhere with my thoughts. I really can. Even now, I'm preaching to you. But I'm kind of thinking about who's going to win the game tonight. And I'm kind of thinking of, man, my kid's hair is long. And I'm thinking, <laughs> it's still snowing. All these thoughts... And there's nothing wrong with this hair. To have that hair, oh my gosh. Um, the hair of ten men. And so, so, so I say all that. I'm sorry, buddy. I say all that to say that, that my thoughts can really, mine can really run amok. And this, for me, can be the battlefield. Not, not in my office, not in my living room, but in my mind. And here's the deal, you see, if we're not careful, if we camp out on our thoughts, okay, for example, let's say, I think this person hates me, okay, so I dwell on that, and I dwell on that. So what happens? That thought takes root, and then... That, that, that root becomes a belief. That, that thought then becomes a belief. And it may not even be true, but now I believe it because I feel it. And then, when that belief takes root, then that translates to actions. How I treat that person, how I avoid that person, how I handle that person, how I uh, deal with that person, all of that because I camped out on a feeling and a thought that wasn't true in the first place. Your mind is a powerful thing. That's why God made it. And this can also be the battlefield. Could it be that for many of us in here, that there are no actions that may need to change in your life, but there may be a lot of thoughts that need to change. In fact, I will tell you, before you change your habits, a lot of times we have to change our hearts. We have to change our mindset first. Is it any wonder that we're told to be transformed by, not by the renewing of your feet, (laughs) not by the renewing of your hands, not by the renewing of your actions, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind? Because if God can transform my mind, he will transform my heart, he will transform my actions. The third feeling. We talked about the thoughts in his head, he felt helpless. Thirdly, uh, how about when we've been hurt by somebody? Verse 2 and then verse 4. Again, he said, how long will my enemy triumph over me? That last sentence. 
How long will my enemy triumph over me? And then verse 4, his mind's really going, and he says, and my enemy will say, I've overcome him, and then my foes will rejoice when, when I fall. You see how this goes now? This, this feeling gets implanted, and then that translates to a whole mindset, and then that translates to more and more and more. And it really just translates to misery. I'll be straight with you. Uh, some of the biggest lows you will ever experience are when you have been hurt by somebody else. Now, thankfully, uh, I'm a pastor, and I don't ever have to deal with that personally. No, folks, I'm there too. People I thought that I could rely on, people that I cared for, all of a sudden they mistreat you, they hurt you. And it's one thing to be hurt. And uh, I've never been hurt by anybody. (laughs) Well, brace yourself. Uh, But how do we deal with the hurt? Okay, that's another sermon. But I will tell you that there are empty chairs and pews all over the church in America today because many people have never properly processed the pain that comes from somebody hurting them. And because they feel so hurt. And again, it's legitimate pain. It's legitimate hurt, okay? I, I, not dismissing that. But how we respond to that hurt. Sometimes that can make or break our walk with God. And then finally, he felt helpless. He had these thoughts in his head. He, uh, he was hurt, or at least saw it coming. And then he felt absolutely hopeless. Okay, look at <laughs> hopeless. Look at verse 3. Boy, here's a feel-good message. Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. There's your devotional thought for the day. Wow. David, the giant killer, worshiper, anointed man chosen by God. This guy is really low. Maybe you're there. Or maybe you've been there recently and you've had all these feelings that have dictated how you walk through life. They have dictated how you approach your job, how you approach school, how you approach your family, how you approach life. And they affect everything. And we don't know what to do. Pastor, I've got these feelings. What do I do with them? Do I just kind of grin and bear it? I don't think that's God's plan. In fact, I will tell you that if, if you're caught in verses 1, 2, 3, and 4, like we just uncovered, you're at a crossroads. You're at a moment now where you could choose to do the right thing or just say, well, I guess this is my identity. 
I guess this is who I am. I guess I'm stuck with this. I guess this is the way things are. I guess I'll just kind of grit my teeth and try to make it till I die. Hallelujah. I'll just crawl my way to heaven. And this is not God's plan for you. See, because the psalm doesn't end at verse 4. Thank God. It continues. And see, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I, I, I wonder if we're, if we're tempted to linger in verses 1 through 4, if we might just give verses 5 and 6 a chance today. I, I wonder if we're going to come out of this state then I think we need to make the same statements and not just make them, but believe them. Don't just throw out words and think that's going to change everything. you got to believe this. Let it make the 18-inch trip from your mind to your heart today. We need to make the same short statements that David made because this was a turning And I will tell you, if we can not only make these statements, but believe these statements, this can take you out of this moment, this funk, this pain. You can be delivered from this. Can we see what David had to say? We saw the feelings. Let me introduce to you the facts now. I feel helpless. I feel hopeless. I got all these thoughts. People are, are mean to me. And then it just goes, what does the Bible say? What does God say? What is your response to this? Let me, let's read 5 and 6 again. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. I'm going to break both of these verses in half and wrap this up here today. Nothing fancy as far as alliteration here. I'm just going to give you four statements you got to hang on to. You ready? Number one, God loves me. God loves me. Again, verse 5, after all of this gut-level honesty and pain, he said, I trust in your unfailing love. <laughs> oh, don't miss this. See, I, 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 I want to pause a moment and, and, and kind of rewind in David's life, okay? What could he have said first? Okay? Because the first thing he says, I trust in your unfailing love. But he could have said, Lord, I trust in your power. And he would have been right because God did help him slay the giant, a nine-foot killing machine named Goliath when he was just a young man. He could have said, I trust in your mercy. Because this is the same David who really blew it and really messed up with another man's wife and had to be restored and he experienced the grace and the mercy of God. I'll trust in your guidance, Lord. 
Because you read all through the Old Testament how God anointed David and gave him guidance to be the best king he could possibly be. He relied on that guidance. He could have said that first. He could have said, I trust in your anointing because there was no worshiper like King David. Nobody could worship. But those qualities of God, while they're legit and they're true and they're awesome, that's not the first thing he was reminded of. He was reminded when he was at the depths of his soul, while his feelings brought him so low that for a moment he felt ignored by God. He said this, you know what? You love me. You love me. This Valentine's Day weekend, we're going to hear all about love. Right? Now, flowers, chocolate, you know, and, and that's awesome. But please, don't, don't forget the profound, incredible love of Jesus Christ for you. See, because in the midst of the pain, here's what you can count on. He still loves you. And the problem is, we have equated our comfort level with the level of God's love for us. And you can't do that. Let me say that again. We try to equate God's love for us with how comfortable we are. Am I feeling good? God really loves me. Did I get some kind of blessing? God really loves me. Am I sick today? God hates me. Did I get mistreated? God has it out for me. There's nothing more consistent that you will experience than the love of Jesus Christ. His love never ends. His love never decreases. And there's nothing you can do to increase it. He loves you just the same. So his love is not based on your feelings and his love is not based on your performance. His love was demonstrated on the cross of Jesus Christ. That's the love of God. And if nothing else, if nothing else, you can remember this, that God still loves me. The second statement he makes is also in verse 5. He says this, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Look at the end of verse 5. First he says, I trust in your unfailing love, but then he says, my heart rejoices in what? In your salvation. If you're saved, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've got something special. You may not have money, but if you have salvation, you're a rich person. You may not have the best health. But if you have Jesus as your Savior, you have something special. I want you to be reminded that Jesus died for you because he wants you to be his child. He considers you his daughter. He considers you his son. Parents, you know this. Someone messes with your kid. Like, okay, mess with another kid? I mean, that's bad. Mess with my kid? 
and I will unload a level of darkness upon you that will make your worst nightmares seem happy. Why? You don't mess with my kid. I'm that, I'm that hovering parent. My therapist is working with me on that. But, 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 but mama bears, you know what I'm talking about, right? Now exponentially increase that. And that's the love and the passion that Jesus has for you. That, that when, when, you, when you gave your life to him, you became his child. He adopted you into his family and he will not let go of you. You are his child. I'm a child of God because I am saved. And other people might diminish my value, but Jesus never will. I know how valuable I am in Jesus Christ. So if my sermons stink, if my leadership stinks, if my pastoral uh, ability stinks, fine. I'll try to improve that. But I do know this, that God still loves me no matter what. I'm a child of God and I'm reminded of his salvation. The uh, third statement, I'm almost done. He says this, I, and we should say this, I will worship the Lord. <laughs> I will worship the Lord. Verse 6, the, the, the worshiper is reminded in the midst of his horrible thoughts, he says, I'll sing the Lord's praise. I will sing the Lord's praise. Do you know that the enemy of your soul would love to destroy your worship? Why? Because the devil doesn't like singing? Can I remind you that the devil was a worshiper himself? as an angel? In fact, Satan knows the power of worship. I said, Satan knows the power of worship. Could I remind you that Paul and Silas, when they were in jail, chained in a dungeon, in the worst conditions ever, they chose to praise the Lord in prison, and the foundation of the jail shook, and the doors came open and the chains fell off. There is power when people will sing praises to the Lord. Why does the devil want to take away our praise? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. See, worship is not Christian karaoke. Worship is not reading words on a screen and trying to sing along. Worship, what we hope to accomplish as a worship team, for example, is not for you to be impressed by our efforts. That's not what we do. And we are blessed like crazy in this church with the worship team. We had a full-strength worship team here today. It was so cool. It was so cool. Y'all sounded so good. And, 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 but our purpose is not that. Our purpose is for you to recognize the presence of God. That's why. That's it. We're not, we, we're not putting on a concert. Whenever anybody gets up here to lead in worship, we are trying to cause people in the congregation to recognize God's presence. Who does not want that? The enemy. See, here's the deal. In the midst of, of my low, 
in the midst of my battle, in the midst of my depression, in the midst of my anxiety, in the midst of all these terrible feelings that I have, in the midst of all of that, if I could just praise the Lord, if I could just give him praise, if I could just worship him, if, if, if I could just lift up my worship to the Lord, guess what? My eyes are no longer on what is around me, but now my eyes are on the one that, need, that it needs to be fixed to in the first place. See, true worship is not just singing a song. True worship is singing to Someone. I think I've said this before. Someone once told me, I didn't really like the songs that you did today. This was a while ago. And I said, well, it's a good thing we weren't singing to you. And that, ended that, that ended that conversation. And we never saw them again. We're not singing to you. We're all collectively singing to our Savior. Mm. And so if I, could, if I could keep my eyes on Jesus through my praise, I can get out of this low. I can get out of this. I will sing praises to the Lord. And then finally, the last statement I want to give you here today. God's been good to me. (laughs) We ended our worship time with that, didn't we? God's been good to me. Verse 6, again, going back there, we just looked at it. I'll sing the Lord's praise. Why? Why? Because he's been good to me. He didn't say, I'll sing the Lord's praise because I kind of feel like doing it now. I'll sing the Lord's praise because they're singing my favorite song, five, six, seven, eight. That, that, that's not why. But I will sing the Lord's praise because he's been good to me. Don't be a what have you done for me lately type of believer, church. If, if, if he has saved you, he's been good. Oh, I should say that again. If he has saved you, he's been good to you. If he's delivered you from something that used to control you, he's been good. See, if he has healed your body in the past, regardless of how you feel right now, okay? But if he's healed your body in the past, then he's been good to you. If he has saved your kids. He has been good to you. If he provided for you financially, he's been good to you. If he gave you that job, he's been good to you. In fact, every perfect gift comes down from the Father. It all comes from God. So because of that, I can say this regardless of how I feel. This is what I know. He's been good to me. He's been good. So if he was good to me before, and if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, little math equation, 
Jen, check my math. (laughs) If he's been good to me before, and he's the same, then he'll be good to me again. He'll be good to me again. I wonder if I'm speaking to a few Davids here today. Because nowhere in this psalm do we see that David sinned to cause himself to believe what he was believing and feel the way he was feeling. So this was not, from what we can tell here, this was not a sin issue. This was not a person that, you know, you just, you don't have enough faith, hallelujah. You just need to speak it out. Whatever. It's not, it's not because you're a bad Christian. So hear me today. There's some really powerful people like a King David who could feel and have the gut level honesty to say it like David said in verses 1 through 4. And some of us would never be honest enough to even write it let alone confess that to the Lord. And so some of us were stuck in verses 1 through 4. But I believe that today is a day for verses 5 through 6. And I want to flash these four statements on the screen for you. And I'm going to keep these up the rest of the time. Because maybe today, maybe today, you need to make a place of prayer and just say, God, I know you love me. I refuse to believe the lies. I I know you love me. I know I feel this way, but I know. I know because your word says you love me, so I know you love me. God, God, I'm your child. God, you've saved me. I've got something special here because Jesus, you thought I was worthy enough to die for. Even while I was still a sinner, you died for me, Jesus. That's how much you love me. That's how much you want me to be your child. I am your child. I'm reminded of your salvation. God, maybe today, maybe today you just need in his presence. And Ralph, if you could help me, thank you. You just need to worship the Lord. Maybe not, you may not even need to sing the song that he's playing, but maybe you just need to sit in his presence and just say, God, I praise you. Maybe you don't even know what to say. Maybe you could just say hallelujah. Did you know that that is a word that literally means praise the Lord? And maybe you could just give him your praise today. Or maybe you just need to sit in his presence. You probably all have a DVR now, right? DVR goes in your TV. It's next to your VHS tapes, some of you. Okay. My goodness. Sometimes, sometimes we need to press rewind. Just like, whoa, wait a minute, what happened? Our family's notorious for that sometimes. 
Wait a minute, I missed that. No, not that far, right? You know. And sometimes I think we need to rewind a little bit in our spirits. And just say, oh, okay, wait a minute, Lord. You provided this for me in the past. I should be dead right now, but I'm alive. (laughs) You've been good to me. I should be deathly sick right now, but you've been good to me. I should be an absolute train wreck, God. I should be an absolute jerk that nobody likes, but you changed me. You've been good to me. And maybe you just need... Maybe you just need to let the Lord hit rewind in your soul and be reminded today that this loving, powerful, amazing God has been so good to you. David was pretty low. I would dare say that maybe there are some people under the sound of my voice who can relate a little bit to David. Today I want to challenge you to embrace these statements. Some of you have already been taking a picture of this slide. Maybe you want to take a picture of it and keep it in your phone. And when that moment hits, you just need to look and say, "Uh, yeah, I'm his child. Yeah, he he loves me. No matter what, he loves me. But will you respond, David? Please don't stay stuck in verses 1 through 4. Verses 5 through 6. There's where your freedom is. Right there. Will you stand with me? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. Uh, I, I, I just... I just want to turn you loose to pray. And maybe you just need to just meditate on one of these four, two, three, maybe all four of these. And, and, and you just need to have a moment with you and God today. Will you do that before you leave here? That's what this is for. Maybe you want to move from your seat and make an altar and pray. Maybe you'd rather just sit in your seat so you could see the statements real clearly. However you can do it, will you have a moment with the King of Kings today and let him bring you out of verses 1 through 4 into living the freedom of verses 5 and 6? Jesus, would you help us to separate our feelings from fact Lord, we may feel a certain way, but that doesn't mean it's correct. So Lord, I pray that we would stand on the truth of what your word says. God, that we are loved by you, that we are your child. You've saved us, Lord God. And God, no matter what, we will worship you. Our eyes are on you, Lord God. Why? Because you have been good to us. And Lord, I pray that today would be a day that we could just live out, not just today, But the rest of our lives, may we live out these statements. Not feelings, but the facts of your word. And God, I'll thank you. Please meet with your people now, I pray. As we pray, as we just sit in your presence, God, I pray that you would touch our hearts. 
And it's in your name we pray. Amen. If you need to pray, do so now. Do so now. Don't hesitate. Just call on him. Jesus, remind us today. Remind us today that you love us. Hallelujah. Jesus, remind us that we're your child today. God, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. What matters is what you say. Hallelujah. God, we will not let the devil take our praise. Our eyes are on you, not our circumstances. God, you've been good to us. You've been so good. We wouldn't even be standing here, some of us, if it wasn't for you. Hallelujah. So, Lord, we just stand in your love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fill us with your Holy Spirit now, God, I pray. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus. Spirit of God, fall fresh upon us, I pray. Fall fresh upon us, I pray, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Meet with your people. Set us free with the truth, God. Set us free with the truth, Lord God. Hallelujah. We make a personal altar right where we're at, Lord God, right now. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.